0: Before we start this episode we had some technical difficulties with sound but I hope you guys enjoy this podcast episode. Take a ride podcast I'm your host here Starks you can find me on my Twitter handle at Starks underscore industry you can also find me on Instagram one closing hero I want to unlock a special guest here from hashtag basketball Jordan Schultz how you doing today brother? I'm doing, doing good, hashtag basketball. Good How are you back doing back today, recording man? It's good some podcasts.
1: It's uh, my return after like six or seven months, so I'm excited to get back in and talk a little basketball.
0: Absolutely. So this episode, what we're going to kind of talk about is um, section one, we're going to go over like what type of player you would rather have with a little bit of a one-on-one spin on it, uh, Jordan versus Stark. So it's going to be a little fun activity. Then we'll go into a next section to have Jordan elaborate with hashtag basketball because it's obviously an excellent tool to utilize. And then we'll kind of jump into a couple other sections and tie it up with obviously like the clutch shot and the license to deal. So with that being said. So, again, this is the one on one challenge, a new segment that I wanted to bring to the podcast and uh, Jordan. So I'm just going to go ahead and pass you the ball here. Uh, We two players we have up to bat or I guess you could say on the court. Is Jordan Isaac, or would you rather yeah, have Yeah, so it's Thomas interesting. Brown. When I
1: was going through the notes when you sent this over, I actually just had somebody reach out to me on Twitter with, like, this exact question. Um, so I was, felt, like, oddly prepared to answer this. Um, I, I'm going to go Thomas Bryant here on this one, but it's close. Like, if they're <laughs> in a world where you're needing a little bit more steals, um, I think that you could switch over to Isaac because I think that the difference in between their rebounds is going to be very similar. I'm going to a little bit more from Bryant this year. Um, a little bit more on the defensive side from Isaac, but I just think you look at what the Wizards did. Um, he was a priority signing for them in free agent. I think they're going to give him the chance to fully unleash himself this year. Um, you know, you look over at the projections that we have over on Hashtag Basketball. Um, they have him coming in. It was like just outside the top 50 overall. And while I think that might be a little bit high this year, I don't think top 60 to 75 values out of the question. I would honestly be kind of shocked if he doesn't hit that. Um, the main reason why I go, that's kind of the main reason why I lean Bryant over Isaac is just that role going to be there for him. I think Isaac has a chance that he could potentially be, uh, not buried, but be competing with a lot of guys for minutes. You know, they brought in Chief Aminu from the Blazers over here. Um, they already had Aaron Gordon. You know, they got a couple big men there at centers. I'm just, I'm not as convinced on the role for Isaac. So I'm going to go with uh, Thomas Bryant here, but can't fault anyone too hard that goes the other way on that one.
0: Ooh, I'm actually interested. In this is going to be fun. I am surprised here. I'm actually essentially with you on this because I'll say it like this. Let me let me take steal the ball and pass it back to you on this cuz this is good. In the fantasy community in a dynasty format, do you believe that the the community would kind of shy away from Thomas Bryant to go for the ceiling of Johnson Isaac or do you believe the dynasty community would steal You know, let no question. You know, you... Um
1: I mean, I would think that you would uh the the majority of people would be going after Jonathan Isaac just because, you know, he had so much hype, especially if, you know, you're an established dynasty league where you you were around when he was a rookie, you know, he had a lot of hype coming out. There was a lot of people that thought he should have been like the third or fourth rookie off the board that year. Um, And I mean, when you look at the ultimate upside, I think it's, fair to say that the the higher upside does lay within Jonathan Isaac. You know, he's a guy that could easily, easily challenge for one and a half threes blocks and steals in his prime. Um, he showed down the stretch last year. I want to say he hit like 1.83 pointers down the stretch after the all-star break or something like that per night. Um, so, I mean, that's, you know, it's definitely a juicy fantasy profile. It's just, there's so many bodies there, and there's other bodies there that I actually, I really like. Like I'm uh, one of the few people it seems like that's still in on Aaron Gordon. Um, you know, Vooch is a freaking animal down there. You know, who knows what <laughs> happens with Mo Bamba there. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's a good question. But for me, I'll take Bryant there. I just that role is locked up. You know, they're very similar in age. Um, you're going to get points. You're going to get rebounds. You're going to get blocks. And he, uh, with Bryant, that is, and he's one of those rare big man centers that doesn't tank your free throw percentage either.
0: Yeah, and I'm with you essentially with that. We're going to come across ones we're not going to have an agreement on, I'm sure, but I'm essentially a, a, a sound with you on this because Thomas Bryant, I mean, I don't know if you heard of our earlier podcast that I did actually, you know, prior to that, I was one of the biggest guys. Before the season started, I was just always saying, hey, if Thomas Bryant gets the opportunity in any team, you know, obviously when he was uh, gone from the Lakers and, and got the opportunity in the Wizards, and I was just thinking like Dwight Howard at the time was ahead of him. So I was like, ah, gosh, he's not going to have the opportunity. Opportunity uh, presented itself, and he got the chance on the floor because it's per 36 numbers to me, in my opinion, had the chance to knock on the door, and he did well. Um, last year under the radar. But real quick, I was just going to say the ceiling, you, you touched up on it with Jonathan Isaac. I really feel like the fantasy dynasty community would still go with the ceiling rush of the Jonathan Isaac uh, train. I mean, he finished, what, 106 overall last year in the nine cat category leagues. And then Thomas Bryant actually finished 98. So that's something to watch. And uh, in a dynasty format, I can. it's really tough for me, but I, I just still had Thomas Bryant. So we'll go ahead and move forward on this. And the next two uh, individuals up here is Jalen Brown versus Zach yeah, Collins. Yeah, I, I love uh, the grouping would you, you put actually together here.
1: There was a couple of guys where um, – like this one, for instance, I have like if uh, – we'll talk about it a little bit more later, but I have like my dynasty tiers that I've put out, and I actually have Jalen Brown and Zach Collins kind of in that same tier with the forwards. Um, I think that if uh, – I like a short answer, I'm still going to take Jalen Brown. And it's kind of funny because it's the opposite of why I'm going to go with Thomas Bryant. I just think that the, mm-hmm. the upside with Jalen Brown is still a lot higher. Um, although I do think that Zach Collins is going to be one of those guys that's going to challenge mm-hmm. you know, 1.7, 1.8 blocks per game, if not more. He's going to grab seven to eight rebounds. He's going to be the starting power forward there up here in Portland. Um, but – it's kind of contradictory, but I'm still going to take that upside with Jalen Brown, especially that first year here without Kyrie. Um, you know, Of course, they swapped in Cambo, so it's not like they got like much of a lower usage point guard there. Um, but I think this is going to be the chance that you either see Jalen Brown really, really step up or um, come off of the bench in like a six-man role where he's like leading that second unit. Um, but I'm willing to bet on that upside there. Um, I'm maybe one of those guys that gives Coach Stevens a little bit too much credit, but I, just, I like the way he's able to develop a lot of the guys there. So I'm still going to go Jalen Brown here. Um, But this, this one's close
0: as well. This uh, real quick as you're cutting out, uh, I'll just, I don't know if you hear me, um, but let me, yeah, you got, got you. Actually, go ahead, go right back on it because you just cut out there.
1: Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go Jalen Brown here. i um, really close. I think that Zach Collins is going to be a guy that is the starting power forward in Portland. Um, he's going to get too close to two blocks per game, seven, eight rebounds. Um, but the upside with Jalen Brown is just so, so high. I mean, we talk about the upside with Jonathan Isaac. I think that the upside with Jalen Brown is just as high right there. Um, the one thing that it kind of keeps him down is it seems like his defensive impact in the real NBA has not quite, uh, Translated to the box score yet? So there is some uh-huh. area for them to improve there. um But I'm in on Jalen Brown this year. I like how Coach Stevens is able to develop his guys there. Um, I'm going to give it one more year with Jalen Brown, but this is one of them that I could live really silly on in six months.
0: Yeah, we we can go ahead and play one on one with this one. We're a little bit different here, and honestly, it's it's a lot closer than that. And the the facts that you brought behind it made a lot of sense because I mean, honestly. You know, obviously Kyrie gone, you know, you need more, um, you know, obviously usage to go around Boston. Obviously they did get Kimba in the process of, you know, the, uh, the free agency and stuff of that nature. You still got Marcus Smart that could be slotted in as a starting lineup at the two Jalen Brown. I don't know. They could kind of finagle that and finesse it from time to time to who starts who. And then obviously Gordon Hayward, I think is going to have a little bit of a bounce back year under the radar. But the reason why I'm actually going um, against I wouldn't say against the grand because I mean it's it's pretty close. It's probably more of a preference uh thing here. Zach Collins for me, uh just because he's a you know, a big that gives you pretty good percentages, sneaky with the blocks and gets you some threes. So that's something that I, I take notice. And then obviously in Portland, you know, it's like who's the next guy up? And I was hoping uh he was gonna get the start and you know, as time progresses on, it looks like he's gonna start now. I'm trying to remember, was it Anthony Tolliver was behind him and then maybe scout lebeicier and then you guys know hooked on fun it works for me <laughs> so with that being said uh it, it is definitely a close one it's definitely a pre- pre- uh, preference on that aspect but i can definitely see from your aspect as well with Jalen brown and uh hopefully he gets a little bit more stats and i don't think he's just another uh t- Wiggins type of player so <laughs> we'll move we'll move forward there and uh the next two gentlemen up is uh Rui hachimura and Kev- or Kevon or Looney and uh, Jordan, who do you actually take here, man? So this one was a
1: little bit easier for me. I'm gonna go Kevon Looney here. Um, it maybe sound a little crazy because I know the words just went out and get, went out and got Willie Cauley Stein. Um, mm. And I think that they're going to split minutes together. And I think that from a real NBA perspective, they're going to do uh, a little bit of a time there, but I'm not going to be shocked if the, the better fantasy player there is Kevon Looney, especially when you look at his defensive side of the ball. I mean, Willie colley Stan was supposed to be a rim protector coming out of college. And I want to say he averaged like 0.6 blocks per game last year. Um, mm. I think there's a good chance this year that even in just like 25, 26 minutes, you're going to have Looney um, averaging over eight rebounds and close to one steal and block per game. Um, he's, you know, he's gonna hurt your free throw percentage a little bit there, but you know, excellent from the field. He's, you know, not a high usage player, but he is gonna be able to get you close to nine, ten points per game there. Um, I'll go Caban Looney here. Um, even though there is an outside chance it sounds like uh, Rui Hachimura could start this year, um, I think that uh, you just listened to you know Steve Kerr and the rest of the Warriors talk. Looney's a guy they really, really like there. They stuck with him through some uh, injuries. He had a lot of hip injuries when he first came into the league, and they kept him around. Um, I think that says a lot about him. You know, they they're singing his praises there. I'm going
0: to buy into some Kavon Looney this year. Uh, I like it, and uh, this one's probably going to surprise you. The easy ones would be Kavon Looney for this year in a redraft format. Um, Long term, I guess I'm looking at this, at this a, a dynasty format. Long term, and I don't particularly. I'm not fans of rookies, but. I'll take a chance with uh, Rui Hachimura, and I like to call him Rochimura for those that understand the, the terminology with that. I think he's a player that could be, I'm not saying he's Rudy Gay, like young, vintage type of him, but I think he could be, as time progresses on, like a 20 and 8 type of uh, player. And I mean, as I mentioned before, his jump shot is smooth and, and is legit and his fadeaway and his step back. But for this year, he's not, I mean, he's knocking on the door just to start. Kevon Looney to me is he's a solid player so it's nothing to take nothing from Looney because honestly Looney should be better in this maybe this year and maybe even possibly next year and obviously like you mentioned Steve Kerr gushing over him I mean that's a good sign and if somehow Looney uh, excuse me plays 30 minutes this year because I mean he mentioned that also too that would be music to the fantasy GM's ear so um that's where I stand, but I mean, Looney, it should be more of a safe bet, but I think I'm just going to hope for the upside, and I'll take I'll take the, the L if I have to. So moving forward, do you want you want me to actually do this in reverse? You can ask me so I don't put you in a fire actually, there, Jordan.
1: I actually have a question for you. Um, so I was kind yeah. of looking at uh, Hachimura's uh, projections that we have over on Hashtag Basketball. Um, they have him projected for .9 steals and .7 blocks. Are you taking the over or under there? Because I think that's where a big part of his fantasy value is going to come in. It's going to depend on those defensive numbers.
0: So let me ask you a question. With the question, so is that with the that's a good projection with hashtag. Is that with the projections of that? How many minutes are you guys projecting him? To um, to? They have him down for twenty eight currently. Oh, 28. Now, if that's the projection to twenty eight, then I'm, I'm concerned. That's that's not good stock stats at all, and that's what I would be really concerned about. And I can see why you would uh, shy away from uh, Rui at that point in time. Yeah, I mean, and,
1: and like. You know, not to like, uh, you know, to like down on him long term. Like, I mean, 0. 0.9 steals <laughs> and 0. 0.7 blocks as a rookie, you know, that's not bad at all. It's just, I, I, I'm not convinced he even really gets to that. You know, I just, I, I, I you know, fully admitted I did not watch a ton of Gonzaga in college. Um, <laughs> but man, I just, I don't know. He has, I seem like he's one of the few guys that I seem to be just a little bit lower on the consensus. You know, sometimes that works out. There sure. are times that I have missed out on guys,
0: and he could be one of those guys' yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, no, that sounds good. I appreciate giving me the projections, too. I, that's definitely, like you, you guys mentioned, He you know, hashtag basketball is an excellent tool to utilize. And we'll definitely dive deeper here a little bit about it, too. So if you want to ask me, Jordan, on the next two players on Slate, I can kind of spin it on that real quick. Yeah. OK,
1: let's do it. So the next one we have is going to be uh, Pascal Siakam, uh, the reigning most improved player
0: versus uh, everybody's pick for breakout this year. Mitchell Robinson, who you got? Oh, my gosh. Everybody's fantasy, love, heart, and strings for Mitch Robinson. I like Mitch Robinson, but I'm going to be honest here. To me, it's going to be Pascal Siakam. And I understand Siakam is a little bit older. But at the same time, I'm thinking about Kawhi Leonard, you know, obviously not being there anymore. The usage rate should bl- blossom for Pascal Siakam. And I understand at the same time Mitch Robinson finished that four, you know, top 47 in the last, what, two months. He was like a top 15 player. Here's the thing about me, and it's, it's not to throw shade at Mitch Robinson, because I love Mitch Robinson as the next GM, but I'm not going to pay a high draft pick on him. That's just my opinion, because I know he was going in some formats at a back first uh, round beginning second round type um, in a dynasty format. And that's a little too rich for me. Um, and I, that's that's I just can't do it. Um, I, I just can't do it. And then what always reminds me of is like Larry Sanders. I don't want to put that, you know, evil on him, Ricky Bobby, but I'll say it like this. <laughs> Pascal Siakam, um, it, to me, I'm still going to go with him because he's a player that secretly gets underrated assists, and I think he, can get, he could possibly get four-plus this year uh, just because they're going to utilize him more points and his field goal percentage is good because, again, it's not throw shade at Mitch Robinson. The thing is, if you don't average the 2.4-plus blocks or three blocks, because when he was a top 15 player in the last two months of the season in the nine-cat category league, he didn't – he had three blocks right he's averaged that so if you if you basically vacuum and take away those blocks then who are you at that point in time he's not going to give you three pointers the free throw percentage is not there of course you'll get the rebounds he's not a high usage rate player you know either so he's not going to score also a lot of points so that's where i stand but mitch robinson is a good player i just can't pay that high and i'll pass you the ball there you know jordan what's your thoughts man
1: yeah, you're I agree with you on basically everything you said there. I'm gonna go with Siakam myself as well. Um and I mean, you know, you look at Mitchell Robinson, um like he's a guy that yeah, if he comes out, he averages, you know, 2.7, 2.8 blocks uh, you know, per per game. And a head to head league, he's gonna be the guy you want there just because you know he's gonna single handedly win you some weeks, you know, like Allah like Hassan Whiteside did when he first came out and was just swatting every single shot that came up his way. Mm-hmm. But you're putting a lot of emphasis on that. And the other thing you look at with you know the Knicks. Uh, You know, you just take a look at their depth chart. There is a ton of big men there. You know, they got outside of (laughs) Mr. Robinson, Taj Gibson, Julian Randall, Bobby Portis, Marcus Morris. They can probably pay some minutes at the four there. Uh, Kevin Knox probably long-term is best suited for the four. So I just – I worry that Fizdale is going to come out and he's going to be messing with rotations every single night. Um, There's for sure there are going to be some weeks where uh, Robinson comes out and he wins you blocks single-handedly. But I also feel like there's going to be weeks where, you know, he has a – 10 minute game sandwiched in between like an 18 and then a 32 minute game. It's just you're never going to know what it is. Um, so, for that reason, I'm going to go Siakam. Um, again, you know, you mentioned Kawhi leaving there. Um, how much of the pie does he take over? Um, if he comes out, I would not be shocked to hear him, you know, average somewhere close to like 19, eight, like you said, close to four assists, challenging for a steal and a block, and he's going to hit threes and he's not going to tank your free throw percentage. Um, that's a guy that I'm very, very interested
0: in. Um, I'm buying into Siakam everywhere as that I can right now. Yeah, and I'm gonna steal the ball and pass it back to you. That's good. I appreciate that. I was a good dive deep on that, especially how you just broke down the Knicks. I forgot about that. Like the Knicks, all those big men too clogged up. So, um, if you were in a, a dynasty format today and it was a startup, where would you actually pay the premium price on uh, drafting Pascal Siakam?
1: Uh, Pascal Siakam, um,
0: I'm okay with him like around around the 30 range I would say
1: so you know you know you do the math on if you're in 10 12 or deeper league there I think around 30 is the spot where I'm okay uh pulling off on him like I have him ranked currently um just in like my forward tiers I have him da-da-da-da-da. got him number seven as my number seven forward so
0: yeah like somewhere between 20 and 30. like it like it yeah I'm, I'm actually with you on that so we'll jump into the two next players here and on slate is uh De'Aaron Fox and uh D'Angelo Russell, Jordan, who do you take, man?
1: Yes, uh, this is a good one. So if you would have asked me this question like three months ago or whenever the trade went down, my answer would have been D'Angelo Russell. Um, but at this point, I am going to go De'Aaron Fox. Um, just the, the role is there. He's going to be the unquestioned ball handler there. Um, the sky really is the limit. You know, when he came on last year, the Kings started to started to win some games, and you started to see, like, why they liked him so much there. Um, However, with that being said, I am still much higher on D'Angelo Russell than pretty much anyone else I've met out there. Um, I'm (laughs) currently in two dynasty leagues. I have him in both of them and I plan on drafting him in my third dynasty league and starting to draft here pretty quick. Uh, I'm still buying there. I'm not scared off by him coming over to play with Curry. Um, I know in the past, Kerr hasn't really uh, been one of those big guys that likes to stagger his lineups. Um, but I think you're going to start to do that a little bit just because of the lack of the depth. You look at the bench for the Warriors, and it's just like, man, who's going to eat up minutes They need to keep someone on the floor to handle the ball. So I think he's still going to be in a in position to, you know, you get close to those six, seven assists per game. Um, and if, you know, if he ends up getting moved again, then all aboard D'Angelo Russell. But for now, I will take De'Aaron Fox just
0: because he's the unquestioned guy there. Love it, love it. And this, this one is hard for me because, like, I have to close my eyes and just press a button. And the thing is, last year with these two in particular, I was believing these two players would break out. And they, they, they definitely did this year, um, this past year. But, oh, my goodness. It, like you had also mentioned him being playing with Curry. I don't think it's going to really damage his value too much. So, like you said, they they need buckets still, right? Klay Thompson's going to be gone for a little while. Draymond Green is not a scorer, but he does like a, he's a Swiss Army knife. We know that he does everything pretty much, and you know Steph Curry, they, he needs a little bit more points added with him. So, I actually am with you on this as well, De'Aaron Fox. It, it's very close. Um, I mean, like you had mentioned, he is the, the he's the guard there. He's the future for the Kings, and you know Swiper with them steals. If he can, I believe he could still average what 1.6. Plus, I wouldn't be surprised in that type of guard with those assists. If he could just bump up, and this is me just nitpicking, if he could just bump up his free throw percentage with all of those attempts that he takes, I, I definitely like his outlook. He could potentially be a top 50, and I know he should be, right? But, you know, he finished last year as a top 70 player. I think maybe this year he could be top 50 or better. So in a dynasty format, I think the future is Fox, so.
1: Well, the other oh. thing that like I wanted to mention on D'Angelo Russell sure, too sure. that I think's crazy is you look at what he did last year. You know, he came out with like twenty-one, seven, and four. He only did that in thirty mm-hmm. minutes a game. Like, I think there's a realistic chance where he sees more minutes than that, like closer to 32 to 34. Like 30 point two minutes, that's that's not a lot there. But uh, when you look at the lack of depth with the Golden State Warriors. I would mm-hmm. not be shocked if he actually
0: has more minutes and is more efficient in that time. Yeah, absolutely. And and real quick on D'Angelo Russell. I guess this is I mean, obviously this is gonna be hard for us to predict, but I mean I still wanna ask you this though, Jordan. Do you think he he signs like do he does he stay with Gold State longer than this year? Or what do you think, man?
1: Ooh, gun to my head, I say no. Um, just because yeah. I think that you can move him and get a piece that fits better stylistically with like the rest of the roster. You know, Pending Clay comes back and is the same guy he was before. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Clay's a lockdown defender, but you put Nilo and Steph out there together and you, on defense that that gives me a little bit of worry. Um, so I, I would say, gun to my head, no. But if you look back at three years, at, you know, D'Lo bought of the culture. He's there still killing it. it would not be the biggest shock in the world to
0: me? Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I, I really think he leaves, but I wouldn't be surprised if he stayed. So the next two people on, on slate here is the bridge. The bridges up <laughs> up here and it's Mikel Bridges versus Miles Bridges. Who would you actually take there, Jordan? Um, so
1: for this one, um, I'm going to go. I'm gonna go Miles Bridges on this one. This one's pretty much a coin toss for me. Um, Mm -hmm. Main reason is I just expect Charlotte to be just absolutely terrible, dreadful, and I would not be shocked if half of the veterans that are on their roster now are on other teams near the trade deadline. Um, So Mm that means that Miles Bridges is the guy that could be, you know, in line for 34 to 36 minutes a game down the stretch during your fantasy playoffs. Um, would not be shocked if he got you know 28 to 30 minutes a game, even if he's challenging for you know 15, 16 points, six rebounds. He's going to be a guy that's going to be close to a triple one. You know, get your steal, block, and a three pointer per game. Uh, pretty decent percentages. Um, and then you just look at the role. Like, who else does he have to compete with minutes there? A couple of
0: aging veterans. You know, yeah. Give me the give me a Miles break there. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying I'm not going to hold too much time on this. I'm actually the same. It is it is close and I think at one point in time, the community was more closer to Mikel Bridges but as you had mentioned, and I always talk about Charlotte and the Wasteland team that they are, you know, they need buckets there and someone's got to fill it up. Obviously, like you know, Terry Rogier, they paid the money there, but I mean, he's in a big situation where he has to perform. I mean, but who else is there, right? So, and hopefully, you know, this is going off a of ISO rant right here. I mean, I could talk about Malik Monk. I, I hope Month can yes. come out this year, mm-hmm. um, and and do well, you know. Hopefully, because I, I'm, I'm probably the only person. I'm probably maybe you too. Uh, I guess. Yeah, you know, I think this, we're going to be very on on month, real so real the, the, the grouping
1: I have him with in my tears is Macau Bridges, actually, Delon Wright, and Derek White. So I think he's going to mm-hmm. be better than a lot of people expect this year.
0: Absolutely. So yeah, Miles Bridges again. I mean kind of you know uh, what am I trying to say pivot and go into mikel bridges I think it's him and Ubre. it doesn't matter I mean mikhail bridges will get his minutes but again is this miles bridges what at least what held in, in my mind at least last year and maybe many people may have forgot the last two weeks of the season was a top 55 player so that's not necessarily mean he's going to be that I don't think so but I mean I'll just take a person on the wasteland team and just see what they do with the young youth so we'll move we're only almost done with this section. So, uh, Jordan, real quick on these two players, who would you rather have here? It's a good one. This is another Kevin one where you picked two
1: guys that I had in the exact same tier. Um, for me, I'm going to go Kevin Herter here just because I am buying in all of the stock in Atlanta that I can get right now. I'm a big fan of what they've been doing down there. Um, you look at Herter, I think he kind of got a reputation, as you know stereotypical white shooting guard. He's going to sit out in the line and shoot the ball. No, this guy can handle the ball. He can play make. <laughs> he can get you some defensive numbers. He's going to be a guy that they really need to take up and really take another step forward, especially because Trey Young, as great as he is, he does have his deficiencies too. He needs a guy like Herder to come play off of. Um, big, big fan of Kevin Herder. I'm going to buy in uh, big there. With that being said, I am expecting a Gary Harris bounce back closer to the guy that he used to be. Um, but just that, the upside there with Kevin Herder is just so high. I would have mm-hmm. a tough time turning that down.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to hold too much time on this. I'm with you on this. Uh, unfortunately, like, it, it was actually harder for me to kind of pick this because it's like, I'm with you. I believe Gary Harris is going to have a bounce-back year. And the thing, what is also an issue is it's almost like he was getting worse as the season progressed on. And I know he was probably riddled with injuries, playing along on top of that. And then Kevin Huerter is one of the things that there is a lot of mentions about him and what he's doing. He's, I forgot. I, I had a report here. Um, you know, he was – Starting to look at, you know, obviously other players in the NBA and trying to mimic their moves. And, and at the same time, just incorporating into his own system. So, and like you said, with Atlanta and they have one of the mm-hmm. top three, what, fast paced offenses in, you know, the NBA last year. And at the same time, to be on that type of team with all of those opportunities with uh, fantasy gold stats, then I'm with it. And then, you know, they mentioned. Oh, who was it, Trey Young and uh, John, John Collins get like 35-plus minutes. Now, I'm not saying Kevin Huerter is going to get those minutes, but I wouldn't be surprised if he got 30-plus minutes, you know, safely. Yeah, and, absolutely. You I, know, that's something can to mention look forward him, to. but the
1: projections that they have so, for Herger so far is uh, 29 minutes per game. Um, they have him coming in with 13.8 points, 3.7 rebounds, 3.2 assists with a steal and 2.4 three-pointers. So I mean that's around like the top 120 value, which I think is even a little bit low for him. I think that he could do he got up that. Uh, two nice, points,
0: yeah. Two so two what was the four. three points again? What was the average you got? You guys haven't projected. Nice, yeah. I could definitely see that. I, that's well worth, especially him shooting him. So the last two people here, um, I think this is going to be a little bit interesting. Is uh, Trey uh, Young or Donovan? As as last Who do you take Give me all, here, all the Atlanta
1: Hawks I can get. I'm going to go Trey Young here.
0: Okay, actually, and I'm going to take this L. um, I'm going to take Donovan Mitchell. (laughs) I'm just, I just, right, so it's a tough one, but I can understand the the dynasty community and just in general fantasy that Trey Young, I mean, he was on a burner last year. I mean, that's no lie. And I honestly believe he was going to be good. I didn't think he was going to be that great uh, last year. What he finished within, I think, the last two months of the season as a top 37 player. And that was better than Donovan Mitchell. Now, for the whole season last year, that wasn't the case. But again, your coach gushing over you to get 35 plus minutes a game. Um, you know, he, I believe he's going to make more three pointers this season too. So it wouldn't be a shock if he's better than Donovan Mitchell. I just, for me, I just still hold dear, and that could be to my detrimentals. Like that, I, that I could take an L for that because I've been backing Donovan Mitchell for the longest, and and I think he'll have a bounce back season. So that's where we're at. So. Uh, the next section here is uh, I appreciate Jordan to coming on this podcast. It's it's humbling to have someone of hashtag and especially in particular I you know I checked out your uh, your podcast in dynasty uh, with, yeah, uh, and dynasty. Yeah, and I think you're bringing um, honestly, that back. this right. is a little
1: bit of a test run. Uh, my my issue in the past is my old my old laptop crapped out on me, um, and I've kind of haven't gotten a situation set back up where I was <laughs> comfortable getting back into it. So as long as everything goes good here, we should be coming back here. Honestly, in the next few weeks, I already have, like, my first two uh, outline podcast outlines ready to go. So that should be coming back here.
0: Don't quote me, but I would say in the next two-ish weeks or so. Okay, sweet. So if you want to let the listeners know here, Jordan, on, you know, the, the article you, you just wrote here on your tears. Your oh, I appreciate Dinosaur, it. It was, like actions, it was a behemoth.
1: Uh, it was a lot of writing on that one. Um, a lot of work <laughs> went into that. So I do appreciate the shout out on that. Um, yeah, so over on hashtag basketball, or weirdly enough, if you just want to Google dynasty tiers hoops, um, it's the very first uh, option that pops up on there. Um, I went through and I did like a write up for the, the free version of my dynasty tiers that I do. Um, for those, I'm going to give out the top. Uh, Let's see, I got the top two, I uh, believe, top 50 guards, top 50 forwards, top 30 centers, and then the top 20 rookies in my free ranks. Um, I went through and I wrote an article and kind of broke down the leader of each of my tiers, um, who all was in that tier, just kind of why they were there. Um, so a lot of people have been wanting, like, you know, podcasts. They want they, they come out and they're like, oh, you know, why do you have this guy over this guy? Well, I kind of preemptively struck answer those questions and kind of go through and check those out. Um it's gotten a lot of a lot of good feedback. So I do appreciate all all the all the people that have enjoyed it so far. But yeah, hashtag basketball. I mean, we really do have a ton of stuff in terms of tools, um, you know, projections. We got dynasty rankings, we have my dynasty tiers, um, like grade to trade type tools. I mean, there's so much stuff over there and all of it's free too. That's the really nice part. Um, but the only thing they have is we have, like, a Patreon page set up for hashtag to help fund the tools. Um, I, myself, have a Patreon set up. It's uh, patreon.com slash Schultz Hoops. If you want to jump over there for $2 a month, you're going to get uh, access to my expanded Dynasty tiers. Um, for that, we're going to go top 100 guards, top 100 forwards, top 60 centers, and the top 45-ish or so rookies. Um, yeah, 2 bucks a month gets you access to that, gets you priority access to any fantasy league that I join into. Um, so come over there and, yeah, let's talk some Dynasty Hoops.
0: Yeah, drink that in. That's some excellent stuff there. Jordan, let me ask you this, man. So hashtag, you know, website, you guys definitely check it out if you haven't already. I'm sure you have, but please check it out. It's it's an excellent tool that I definitely utilize. So, um, for the rankings and then obviously the articles and the great, you know, schedule grid that you had mentioned, is there another tool you think people don't ooh, use, oh, us and hashtag should use more system. often on hashtags? Let
1: me pull up our list of tools here real quick and kind of go through a couple of them. Um, the schedule grid, I mean, especially for those that are like in the playoffs yeah. you can't really go along with there. Um, ooh, the next man up. That's a tool that I really like. So if you mm-hmm. click over to the hashtag basketball, go to the tool and hit your next man up. What that's going to do is it's going to, you know, you go through, you pick a player and say, all right, I'm going to go through and pick my Chicago Bulls. I'm going to go through there. Uh, Looks like this has not been updated for this upcoming season. (laughs) It does still have Bobby Portis on the squad, but go through there, hit my guy, Larry Marketing I'm going to apply that to him. You click on that. It's going to show you if they go down, who you're going to want to sub back in in the lineup to get back into that spot. They're going to give you like their averages of how they played when that player's been out of the lineup as well. Um, so, for example, the tool that I'm looking at right here, when um, I have Lori Marketing, um, the example it had for last season was Jabari Parker. Um, it shows that once he goes out of the lineup, his points jump from about 11 to 16 per game. His rebounds are from about 4 to 7 per game. That's Jabari we're talking about. So, that's a really, really good tool for in season. A lot of times, what I'll go through is uh, I'll find guys that I think. Um, you know, find the guys that are a little bit injury prone on other squads, and I'll go try and pick up their backups preemptively, especially if it's a deeper league where we have some extra roster spots. Um, that's one of the things that can kind of come back and really help out. Um, but honestly, I would say just the most underrated tool is just is watching games. I think too many people, you know, they want to come online and get the tools, and that's great. Like, they're a great thing to help, but I don't think you could put uh, – you can't replace just being able to sit down and actually break down a game. How
0: many leagues are you currently playing in,
1: man? Um, so I finally cut myself down. I was in way too many, and it just got so stressful last year. I feel like I couldn't even keep up on it. <laughs> so currently I am in one 20-team uh, salary cap league. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing a 30-team uh, like, called a Draftmaster format. It's the first time I've ever actually played in uh, one of the guys I played in the uh, league with for a couple of years now. It's kind of his, his baby, his passion project. Wait, what is it um, called? It's called Draftmasters. So how it works is it's a dynasty league oh, okay. but there's no trading or free agency in season. The oh, only so. time you can make transactions is from the off season to the start of the season. So you'll do like your rookie draft and everything but making all your trades, but once you're in season it's basically just a best ball lineup. You have 12 roster spots, you pick your 10 man lineup and you just let it go. Um, the only time you can change your lineup is if you make the playoffs, you get to swap your lineup out, pick a new 10-man crew. But other than that, there's no daily transaction. So it's basically just set it, forget it, and then you just each year you get to do your rookie drafts, make your trades during the off season, and then in-season is literally no work. You just get to set it, check it every few months, and see how you're doing. Um, so I play in that league as well. And then I'm going to start one more league that we're going to draft in probably tomorrow that's like a 16-team, just regular 9-cat, and then I may do one more league when it gets a little bit closer to the season. I might do, like, a 30-team league over on hashtags. So if anybody wants to join in over there, hit them up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Okay, okay. So, so you don't have – I can say it like this. So is it more than five, you think, leagues? Uh, no.
1: So I was way, way, way above that. I was in, like, eight or nine. And right now I'm currently sitting at three, Smarter. and I might do four. Smarter. Um, Smarter. And I also do two uh, dynasty <laughs> football leagues. So that's kind of my other thing. I got some dynasty football that I'm, I'm I'm feeling like I got a contender in two different squads there. So that's going to be a very important thing to follow up on down the stretch, too. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, I definitely want to talk some football with you at the end. Yeah, that's going to be yes. fun to talk about. Yeah, football. So um, why, I, here's one of the questions. <laughs> it's not going to make people too happy here. You know, why is it me and you are actually alone on the DSJ Island, man? Oh, man, nobody else's eyes work, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> no so i mean i get it like there is like i don't know that he ever is going to blossom into that guy that's going to be you know a multi-time all-star but i think he is the guy that on your fantasy team is going criminally well in drafts um i've snagged him up in basically every draft that i'm in except for this last draft masters one i'm in that i was just talking about somebody snaked me like two picks ahead of me so i think the word's getting out um but i mean you just look at the you know they gave up their guy and Christoph porzingis to get him um i i you know, the, the Knicks are going to nick. You know, they're going to do dumb stuff. But I, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't see them just burying him on the bench behind Alfred Payton. Um, you would want to think they'd give him every single chance he has to succeed and live up to the, his draft spot. And, you know, the, the player that they gave up to get him, um, he's, he's very good. Well, not very good. That's an exaggeration. <laughs> but he was pretty good finishing near the hoop. Like within five feet, he shot about 55%. So, I mean, he was good finishing near the hoop, which is one of the areas that he struggled with. Um, so I want to see that continue. And obviously, he's got to start hitting the jumper. Once those two things can kind of come a little bit more consistently, I think the rest of the game is going to open up for him. Um, he's shown that he's a, a willing passer. Um, never going to be a guy that probably averages, you know, your Trey Young level seven, eight assists per game. But I do think he's a guy that's going to finish in five and a half to six and a half in his prime. Um, and yeah, like I just think at the cost that you get him, the upside is so much higher
0: than what it takes to get him. Yes, yes, and let me just say something on top of that. Since we're just going to be on this island alone, that's that's fine. And like you said, the, he may not be the player that we think that he can be. Um, and I know, and like I said, I know there's a lot other a lot of pretty much experts across the board as just on the echo or the train of like I'm not touching him with a ten you know ten foot pole. But the thing is with this, I I also understand is that the stats don't back him up to at least have a, a breakout season. I get it, or a bounce back season. I honestly I get it. You know, he had the chance in New York last year, right? And it seems like he only got worse. The thing is, sometimes for me, I'm a, I'm a gut type of coach, sometimes with certain players, and it's just more of a gut check that I believe that he can have a decent year. Um, and Like you had mentioned, Alfred Payton, I know a lot of people are concerned about Alfred Payton that could start or is going to, you know, supplant him minutes. And I don't think that's going to be a big deal. I mean, whether he starts or not, he should start, right? But the Knicks, it, it is a wasteland team. And then was it Fisdale still coaching? There's my understanding. I, I, it does suck, but they need points like you can't put all of that burden on who's the four. They just picked up, man. I forgot his name in uh, this. The power forward. Good Lord. Uh, uh, Julius Randle. Thank you. Thank you, Julius Randle. You're going to get some massive points from him. I get it. But like who else is going to score? understand you know the rookie that they they got this year but the thing is rookies i'm just not too high on too many but the thing is with me it's not to put a damper on rookies i just like to try to get rookies out of value but as far as dennis smith jr goes i just think um he's he's gonna have to show something like i said i'll go down the, with the ship but i think it's this year that he can be pretty good so um that's where i'm at here so real quick jordan um is there a strategy or like a cheat code that you have for the listeners that they may not utilize enough in the league like fantasy in particular. Yeah.
1: So I think we kind of wanted to talk we about like the license to deal that we were talking about earlier. Cause that's kind of one of them that I have there. <laughs> um, so we can kind of jump around a little bit, I guess, but yeah. So one strategy that I've been very, very effective with, uh-huh. um, that's, I buy low on injured players and I'll stash them. Um, like I've done that with so many guys in the past few years. Um, Chris Paul, uh, Zach Levine, Victor Oladipo, mm-hmm. uh, Gordon Hayward, Paul George, Jabari Parker. One of those guys is not like the other. Uh, <laughs> but in general, you know, that's something I've had a lot of success with. I'll go out and I'll buy these guys the day after they get hurt at like 60 to 70% of the cost, especially in leagues that I have in an injured reserve spot. Mm-hmm. Boom. I'm going to throw them on there. and That's a free player I get coming back next year. Um I only play in Dynasty League, mm-hmm. so everything that I'm in, I'm keeping basically every player. So I have no problems um, <laughs> going to get a guy at 60% of his normal cost, stashing him and then bringing him back. Um, <laughs> you look at like Zach Levine. That's a guy that I want to say I threw out, like, a rookie second-round pick. after he got Like, a second pick and, like, some roster filler. Like, a guy that was competing, you know, here's here's some veteran point guard and some small forward second-round pick. I'll, I'll sit on Zach Levine for you. That has worked out very, very well for me. Uh, the other guy, he went, he made the playoffs. He's happy. I got my guy and Zach Levine for basically nothing. Win-win for everybody. Um, you got to be patient. I mean, it's, it's not the strategy that everyone can stomach. But, I mean, Chris Paul is <laughs> another guy. I went out and bought him. And then he's had, like, three years of top 20 production since then, and I got him for, like, 60 cents on the dollar. Um, so that's one thing that I do is I always look
0: to go and buy the injured Stars after they get hurt. Oh, I love it. Let me steal the ball and pass it right back to you. So I think that is a good strategy, especially to stash in the dynasty format. Let me ask you this, and this is not going to be – well, I'll, I'll put my input on it or whatever you answer, but would you, would you buy – on demarcus cousins right now in a dynasty form? no, no, no. <laughs> Unless it was just like so so cheap like he's a guy and it's sad because
1: he was he's been one of my favorite players you know this all the whole the stuff going on off the court that sucks um just to hear as, you know someone who's been a big fan of him but just the injuries like the injuries too like sure like if i can go get him for a second round rookie pick or like one of the last guys on my bench mm-hmm. then absolutely sure um, but I'm not giving up like anything that I'm really counting on getting production from in this year, or the next year. Like, yeah, I'm good on that, unless it's just like stupid, super cheap. Awesome.
0: Let me also ask a question on top of that too. This is another injury player, in and the dynasty format started today. And I understand he's been going a little bit higher. And I like to know actually what the projections is that you guys have on hashtag Kevin Durant. Are you buying? And how would if you're buying, what you know, what draft actually, what round would you pick him up in as well too?
1: Um, let me pull up the projections real quick to answer the first part. Um, Durant, what do they got for him on the projections? So I don't think they have him as projections or have he any projections this year. Doesn't look like. Okay. Probably just because he's out. So it doesn't look like we have any projections for him on there. Um, and then where am I comfortable drafting him? Was that the other part yep, of the Yep, <sighs> Not where he's going. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's tough, man. The Achilles, I guess I should put a, a, an uh, asterisk on my buying the uh, injured stars. The Achilles is the one thing that, that gives me a little <laughs> bit of a scratch on. Um, you know, John Wall, he's another guy that oh. I was like, mm, man, I don't know. Like, Sure, he could come back. You look at you know like Emmanuel Sanders in you know, crossover football. like He's fine with an Achilles, but just so many guys have not been the same after this. Like He's going to be one of those guys that could change the way we look at that injury, mm-hmm. but uh, man, I don't know. Kevin Durant, I, I would still buy low on him just because, you know, his upside is, you know, best player in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got to be that level of player before I am buying after Nikkei's. Um Draft-wise, outside of the top 30 for sure, probably. If I can get him around, like, 40 to 50, I'll take him. But I, I imagine he's going to be gone in most drafts by then. Yeah, I'm with you.
0: I, I'd rather get him in the 40 and 50 range. He's been going higher, like, 30s and below. I, I just can't do it. It's It's too hard for me to stomach. So... Um, These last few questions here before we get to the next segment is more of like fun questions here. So, uh, Jordan, if you can play one NBA player past or prime uh, today, who would you play against and why?
1: Okay, so past player is easy, you know, as a Bulls fan, it's got to be Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm.
0: I want to see him beat me at 21
1: and like seven possessions. (laughs) Um, Current player, I'm going to play one on one for somebody. Man. It's got to be James Harden just because I want to see, like, a top three offensive player of all time in person. Just see how good that actually is, especially in a setting like one-on-one where he can just step back on me, like, seven different steps and hit it. Yeah, I'll, I'll go James Harden. I want to see that in person. Love it.
0: So, let me ask you, did you see the James Harden, uh, the three-point off the one foot? Did you see that at all, that he's working on that for this year?
1: Yeah, we'll see about that. Let's <laughs> You can't put anything past him. He's a guy that, like, like, he's him and Boogie are kind of like two of my guys that are non-bulls but like, my favorite players in the league. Mm -hmm. That dude has found a way to make a travel, not a travel, so I'm not counting out anything on him.
0: Nice, nice. And then, like I said, these are just more fun questions. So, what's your favorite video game and movie, man?
1: Oh, video game, uh, 2K and Madden. I I don't really, like, get down in a lot of the other games. I basically stick to sports. Mm -hmm. Um, The Ghost Recon series, I'm playing, like, the older one, like, I don't even know. I'm in like Bolivia, like taking down drug cartels. That one's pretty fun. (laughs) I've been playing that one. Okay. Um, But yeah, 2K and Madden. Uh, Movies, it's kind of that older, uh, like Pineapple Express, 40-year-old version, like kind of that whole thing. I don't watch a ton of movies. If I'm watching TV, it's generally going to be like sports or like Netflix, Hulu, like a couple of things like that. Nice, nice. Okay. And I
0: think sounds like when, when you said Pineapple Express and then 40-year-old, uh, would you say 40-year-old version too? Or did I miss that out? Yeah, 40-year-old version, knocked up, like that whole kind of, that, that whole era okay. of comedy. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So, all right. So this one's the last one here and then we'll kind of move forward. So, Jordan, have you ever taken someone on a ride before in the Fantasy League? Oh, man. So
1: I was thinking about this and I'm I'm sure that I have, but Funnily enough, the one trade that always sticks out in my mind is one of the trades where I actually got taken on a ride. It's the worst <laughs> trade I've ever made in any fantasy <laughs> ever. And I will never forget it. Are right, you ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. So it was rookie year of Giannis. Uh, I grabbed him super late. You know, uh-huh. you can already tell it's going to be a <laughs> I flipped him straight up for, at the time, a very, very good Brandon Knight.
0: Oh. Yeah. Wow.
1: It helped me that year and the next year, but every year past that, it's been rough seeing what Giannis has become. And I was even high on Giannis, but, like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, like, yeah, I knew he was going to be MVP, top five player. Like, no way. I knew he was going to be good, but, yeah. At the time, I was like, yeah, give me some Brandon Knight. You know, just, you know, three three-pointers
0: a game. Yeah, well, let, bad, bad news. Well, let me ask you a question on top of that. I, I can understand- yeah, that's that's a rough one. What was you playing redraft leagues even then too, or was that still dynasty format? This
1: one was like a, I want was like a keeper, like you keeper. keep like four
0: or five or something like that. Okay. It wasn't a full dynasty yet, yeah. But you know, it's crazy, Brandon Knight. What and it's kind of hard to hear or even say. Like he was a pretty good fantasy player, underrated for like a couple of years. It's weird to even mention that. Thing.
1: Brandon Knight used to be nice, man. Like I'm pulling up his stats right now. He had a <laughs> stretch there where he was hitting, like shoot. Two point, yeah. I guess we never hit three again, but yeah, like he was a 17 points, five assists, four
0: rebounds, two threes. Like he was nice for a while. Absolutely. So we're almost done here. Well, actually, we got some good stuff to come up for you guys. So this section is a little different here, too. So uh it's just basically, you know, the the quote says is like Christmas. I think his name is Lloyd Christmas or whatever, if you guys are familiar with that terminology. So you're telling me there's a chance. And uh, Jordan, is there a player that you believe has a chance to be something this year that maybe um, people should know about for this year coming up in fantasy?
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to go with my guy, Jarek Colbert Mm -hmm. here. Um, He's a guy that when you're looking at from a dynasty perspective, he's my 104 in a rookie draft right Mm -hmm. now. Um, In terms of like overall rankings, I have him sandwiched in between Kevin Herter and Gary Harris in my guard tiers. Um, just looking at his game, he reminds me of, like, a Karis LeVert style player. He's got that secondary playmaking ability. You know, he can get his own shot. He can get a bucket. But where I think he's really, really going to excel at the next level is his ability to run the offense and set, set his teammates up. Um, I think there's a chance that he's either going to start at the two right away or he's going to be the guy that's, like, running the show off the bench is kind of that, that secondary ball handler off the bench. Um, I think he's going to be fine in either role. I'm projecting him for roughly, like, you know down the stretch once he starts to really get playing time around 12 points four and a half rebounds three assists with a steal one and a half threes um i think he could challenge for about top 150 overall value this year um but he's a guy that in the dynasty league i think as soon as next
0: year is challenging for you know top 80 top 75 top 50 finishers love it love it and honestly uh that's a player that i'm actually also interested to see what he does this year in particular so uh the guy that i just want to touch up on and I think that the time is – people are starting to talk about him a little bit more as Darius Garland. I'm not going to say he's going to be a world beater this year, but it's just a situation with Cleveland that he's already – wouldn't say he's getting the keys, but he's getting the opportunity to go ahead and start alongside with Colin Sexton. I don't know how that's going to mesh well, but I'll tell you what is going to mesh well is he's going to get the minutes. So the opportunity – and it may – Typically, when you get the opportunity, you're going to expect fantasy stats, right? But at the same time, he's not one of those particular players that's going to fill the categories in the nine-cat category league. He might seem almost more for points leagues, for because I know there's a lot of GMs that play points leagues, so he could be more tailored for that. Um, he doesn't get a lot of steals, so, you know, that's something that's a little concerning. You know, in college this past year, what, he he's averaging 16 points two and a half assists, 75% uh, of the free throw line, 3.8 rebounds, 27 minutes in college. So, um, Is he going to? The question is, is he going to even get that many amount of minutes in Cleveland? I wouldn't be surprised if they just went ahead and did it because what the only player that's still solidified over there is Kevin Love, as far as you know, a veteran that's going to do well. But the thing is, the question is, is how long is Kevin Love going to be there, or even if he's going to be on the floor? I guess that's the next question. So, uh, with that being said, Sexton and him, they're going to just be playing, they're not going to get a lot of assists, but I just think Garland in particular is a player that you should start taking considered uh, considering in your dynasty format. And even if you play in redraft leagues, he's more of a late round flyer, but in a dynasty format, I think you don't want to really shy too far away from it. He's not a player I'm going to reach on, but he's a player to consider. Like I said, he's not going to be a world beater, but I think he can hold some value. And again, that opportunity, maybe something can uh, flare out for him. So We'll move forward here in the license to deal. It's, it's actually good to have Jordan <laughs> to have uh, to do this segment with me. So I'll kind of go ahead and start it off. So one of the strategies I, I bring down in this podcast is to help GMs with their success rate as far as trades go because I understand it's not hard to do a trade, but it can be obviously hard at the same time in a dynasty format, I think it's important to utilize trading because at the same time, if you're trying to build for the future, or if you're trying to win now, then, you know, negotiations need to get done. Um, it's just about how to go about the business of getting trades done. So one of the strategies that I want to utilize for this evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you may be, is like checking the pulse of the owner. And you're like, what does that mean? So essentially is just when you converse or, you know, negotiate a trade with an owner, um check their pulse and and what i mean by that is just you know reach out to them message them and see how they're feeling you know if they are just not in a trading mood then don't obviously push them you know what i mean so you just got to kind of fill them out and look wouldn't say look at them in their eyes but if if you can then you should do that but if you can't do that which i'm sure <laughs> not um that's fine but you know put some messages out there like hey You know, this is what I have. I'm interested in trying this type of build. Are you interested in doing this? As I always mention on podcasts, don't send a trade without a message. I mean, you can do that. But what is the success rate going to happen for you if you just send a trade and expect them to accept the trade? See what the other GM or owner wants and see what can benefit for you. So that's why I stand for checking their pulse. So that means, you know, at the same time, see where their mind is at, see if they're willing to trade, see if they're not willing to trade. If they're not willing to trade, go to the next gym. If you're trying to build your team to win now, or if you're trying to build in the future, um, do you have any uh, strategies or ideas for the listeners as far as trying to trade with them or an idea what they should do there, Jordan?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you're exactly right on there that you should feel out the owner. Like I never just send out like blank trade requests to just anybody. Like I I don't feel like that's the way to do it. Like for me personally, like I rarely check my email. So like if you're just randomly sending out trades and you're not like actually like, hey man, like what's the cost on this guy? I'm probably not even gonna see it. <laughs> um, so I feel like there's probably a good amount of trades that fall apart just because like the other party does not even know they're happening. Um, so I always reach out to owners. You get a good feel for like, hey, where are you at on this guy? Uh, who on my squad? You know, peaks your interest. From there, you know, okay, this guy likes this group of guys. Then you put together the trade. You know, you may be offering a trade that you think's great, but it's a guy that that other owner doesn't even care about. <laughs> right. you know what I mean? He's like, yeah, I don't want the guy. Like, You know, the other thing is um, make sure the trade makes sense for both teams. Like if you have a guy that's got, you know, Chris, Paul, De'Aaron, Fox, D'Angelo, Russell, probably not going to want to trade his best big man for another point guard. Um, so that's another thing. You reach out, hey, for this guy, what are you looking for? At that point, then you can find out what position they're after, what players that you have that you're interested in. Um, so yeah, that's a very important one is don't don't just send out like the blank trade request. <laughs> reach out to that owner. It, it's going to be better. The, smooth, the talks are going to go a lot smoother. Um, I don't know how many trades, I'm sure, get shut down after that first request just because that other fa- owner gets offended because <laughs> of the trade you sent out. You're trying to, quote, buy low, and they're like, no, I'm not even going to talk to you now. Um,
0: but it's, I just don't feel like that's the best way of doing business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you tied up everything that I can think of as well. That makes perfect sense. So before we get to the clutch shot, because it's going to be <laughs> massively for football, because uh, I know there's going to be jams that's going to turn off the pockets. I want them to uh, reach out. Where can they actually reach you out on Twitter there, uh, Jordan?
1: Yeah, you can find me at Dino NBA. that's D-Y-N-O-N-B-A. Um, very, very excited I got that Twitter handle. I've been following it for legitimately like three years and it finally came open one day and I <laughs> snatched it. So excited. <laughs> um, but yeah, outside of there, you can find me over at uh, Patreon.com slash Schultz Hoops. Um, I'm a, on Reddit as well. Uh, I want to say like my underscore, my name is just like Jordan Schultz 2332. Um, don't quote me for sure on that, but... You can pretty much find me anywhere. I'm pretty accessible. I'm usually pretty good about at responding. Um, and one thing I did want to circle back to yeah. um, just for about Darius Garland. Um, one of the guys he's going to be competing with for minutes
0: um, is my guy, Brandon Knight. <laughs> <laughs> Still in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It, and real quick, Jordan, is there any other um, – well, actually, again, I know you had mentioned it earlier in the podcast. You said your podcast, you know, potentially is going to be starting in a couple weeks.
1: Yes, uh, that'll be a uh, hashtag Dynasty Fantasy Basketball. Um, you can pretty much go into any podcast, you know, whether it's Apple, OneCast, whatever you use, and the feed will already be there because it's going to be the existing podcast that we had when uh, me and uh, Sam Macy did it uh, about two seasons ago now, I think. Um, so it's going to be in that same feed. So you can go ahead and subscribe to it now, and as soon as we have those first episodes in there, they're going to start disappearing in that feed. So go subscribe now, and next week or two at the tops, yeah, we're going to have some some content coming back for you there.
0: Awesome. So you guys also can find me on my Twitter handle at Starks underscore industry. You can also find me on Instagram, one closing hero, Reddit also Starks 21. If you get asked me questions, obviously Jordan questions at any time, we'll get to you guys as quickly as possible at a prompt time. And you guys definitely check out hashtag basketball.com. I mean, they have great tools there to utilize. I mean, honestly, I use it pretty often than, you know, (laughs) slim. So I use it a lot and there's other websites to utilize. I'm going to be honest. They're one of the strongest ones out there. Uh, I really, you know, I, I'm grateful to even have Jordan on this podcast as well as uh, I spoke to. Gosh, man, I, I'm going to feel bad. Joey as well. So Joey has a mm-hmm. great thing going on there. I spoke to him and I spoke to some other individuals and in hashtags. So definitely check them out and, you know, make sure you guys uh, contribute to the Patreon and, and help Jordan out, especially his his Dynasty podcast. I took a listen to it and it it's it's really well mapped out. He has a nice breakdown and a nice voice for it. So definitely check it out. So for those that are just fantasy basketball heads like we are, you can get off the podcast, but we want to just talk about football. So we wanted to get oh, Okay, already. good. I hope we were going to talk about that a little bit. Yes, more. we are. We <laughs> are. So um, the clutch shot this evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you may be in the fantasy world. So Jordan, man, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be straight honest with you. Um, <laughs> fantasy football, I actually started it about, I, man, I start what played about 10 or 11 years ago. And b- to be honest with you, I played fantasy football before basketball. Um, but let me actually just throw you the ball instead of passing to you. And I just want you to just speak anything about fantasy football. And we'll just go back and
1: forth from there. Yeah, we have a very similar start there. I actually started playing fantasy football as well. Um, I was a fourth grader in my very first league. I played <laughs> with like one of my uncles and my dad in like a Yahoo free public league. Um, um yeah. I, I did not play every single year consistently after that, but I played in like fourth and fifth grade. And then I picked it back up again in high school. Um, but yeah, I started off as a fantasy footballer as well. Um, for a very, very short time, I actually like hosted like the Red Rock fantasy football podcast before I decided to just kind of step back and focus more on the basketball side of it. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm a big football fan. Um, I kind of, for a few years I kind of stepped back a little bit, but I don't know what it is. These last few years, my Cowboys got good again and it just, it was hard not to fall back.
0: Oh, Oh, it looks like it's our Cowboys. I'm a Cowboys fan too, man. Oh yes, let's oh, go, Zeke baby. <laughs> Zeke, yes indeed. So, Rian, let me ask you this question too. So, and I've I've always knocked fantasy football, although I play. The reason why I not fantasy football is because it's like you know, with basketball in particular, I like to do nine cat category leagues because of strategy. But football, it's about points. But at the same time, I mm-hmm. to be honest, I'm good at pretty much even basketball, football, and baseball as far as fantasy, but. Last couple years like it's been a struggle for me in football i don't know what it is man so maybe i can be asking you for some advice i just obviously so i got i got romped here this well once i got romped. this guy had uh lamar jackson so i don't feel too bad um he, he really went off on me this week so is there any players that you're a little bit surprised on on, on week one in particular man um, so it
1: may shock nobody, but I have been praising Dak Moore or Dak and Kellen Moore's offense. And so to see oh that my party explosion in week one, oh my gosh. Like I've been telling everybody would listen. Like I'm telling you, Kellen Moore. So I, I grew up about an hour outside of Boise. So Shut I was up. there during the Kellen Moore era. Like, I was there when he was, like, the winningest college quarterback over, like, a four-year period. I had no doubt that the offense was going to look like a modern, like, Sean McVay type offense. Yeah, I heard and about just, that. You know, it's the Giants. I don't want to get too excited.
0: <laughs> yeah, to five point. years. Five years. <laughs> but,
1: dude, we destroyed them. Like, we looked so good <laughs> offensively. It was – yeah. So I've been – Dak, that's a big one. Everyone on the Cowboys, I've been saying that that Kellen Moore, he's going to be the guy that revolutionizes our offense um evan ingram he was another guy that i drafted i felt felt good about him got him like round six in a 14 league round five round four okay. or five in a 14 team league okay um i've won zero running back in a lot of leagues this year i'm trying that out i i have one league where my running backs so are like carry on johnson and treat cohen um so i'm trying that out this year but yeah i know what you mean it's tough kind of doing the football thing after like how strategy involved nine cat is but I think that's part of the fun of it is it's kind of the great equalizer. Like, you can literally draft and do everything right, and
0: then your dude rolls an ankle in the first quarter. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Yeah, like – Oh, yeah. So, I mean, man, I, I'm, it's funny if people are going to be mad for gushing because it's, it's either you love Dallas or you hate them. Or I can understand. So we can gush over Dallas all day. But I'll just say this real quick because you touched up on everything, especially the feel of McVay because I heard that, too. So you touched up on everything in Dallas. So I'm not going to hurt the listeners ears me <laughs> gushing on top of Dallas. But one thing I do definitely want to say is and I want to actually ask you this for Dak Prescott. I, I still I'm still not sure. About him, and I want to believe because I know, like, and I and I'll get off. I just want to ask you this: Do you believe he's worth the pay that may be coming to him here soon? Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, like, is any. Like, is any
1: one player in the NFL, like, with such team-dominant game worth $40 million a year? Probably not, but right, it's worth the cost of not losing him, I would say. And then just the way that you look at the markets going for quarterbacks, in three years that $40 million could seem like a steal. Like, you know, you look at a Carson Wentz-type deal, and, like, three years is going to look like a, like peanuts. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think you got to pay him. Uh, I'm fine with it. Um, it seems like we've done a really good job structuring the salary cap to where we can afford to keep him and bring back everybody else um i think the hardest part is just like you know it sounds like you were a longtime cowboys fan too yes he's just he's the opposite of tony romo like he yeah. has a completely different playing style and i think it's kind of hard to adjust like that first year like i won't say that like right from the start i was on the train with dak um like i wanted to see romo with that team the year that he took over it was the best defense he'd had around him like it felt like that was the year um but, yeah, I have just kind of had to adjust what I'm used to seeing. And I, I really like what Dax has done so far. I, I saw that now that he has, like, his 1,500 path attempt, um, he qualifies yeah. for, like, the pro football list, and he's, like, the fifth highest QBR of all time. Um, so, like,
0: that's pretty dang good for a fourth-round pick. Can't complain there. Yes. Yeah, Tony Roma, I just think of the, the, the party of collar-broken, you know, situation. But as um, far as going back to a couple other, you know, teams as well in football, Wow. <laughs> Actually, the report came out. It, it just—I wouldn't be. I, I, we won't talk too much. Well, we'll try not to. But I guess it wouldn't be a podcast even to talk about football without even mentioning Antonio uh, Brown. Did you hear the oh, next man. Uh, set of news on him, man? Well, i had
1: would seen my group chat. Um, I have a couple of buddies in a group chat that was blowing up. he had like a rape allegation or something yeah. like that.
0: Yeah, man. Oh, that's what I heard too. Man, yeah.
1: I hate so that qu- stuff. Like it's just so bad
0: all around. Yeah, I mean, just like the Patriots too, like. Oh my gosh! To, to me, the Patriots is like the Golden State Patriots. I'm just gonna just call them the Golden State <laughs> Patriots, but um, uh, I, I don't know. Antonio Brown. There. I mean, obviously, there's. I, I hope things get better with him because. I don't know, man. Let me ask you this, because there's a theory going around, obviously. Like, it was set up for him to go to the Patriots. Do you believe that theory, or what do you say? I man? do, actually. I really, <laughs> really do. And I have a buddy
1: that's in one of the fantasy football leagues that I'm in who had a trade offer uh-huh. for Antonio Brown. And I was like, nah, man, like, just just chill. He's going to be a Patriot by, like, week four. And this was, like, after, like, <laughs> he burnt his feet off. This was, like, before the helmet and everything. It just – something felt off about it, like, right from the start. And then you look at, like, uh, they ask uh, Gruden – um like after the game like how their game plan changed without him and he straight up said like they weren't expecting him here because he hasn't even been here three consecutive days since he signed it's just like the whole thing just felt so off
0: um it's
1: like i'm not gonna go out right and say that there was collusion but like dude yeah he definitely definitely
0: like did what he needed to do to get sent to new england (laughs) what's your what's your thoughts on the browns man a lot of people starting. to Pour, pour it down the super bowl's not there for them and all this stuff what's your what's your thoughts on i mean yeah. the hype the hype came behind that they're going to be super bowl team and then all of a sudden they lose one game and everybody's against it i mean what's your thoughts on the cleveland browns in particular i guess so i'm still buying i'm still buying the browns but okay. um I, I will say
1: there is a little bit of like that that old school like uh, mike vic uh, dream team philadelphia eagles still, where they just kind of threw everyone together on paper and like it just didn't work out like they thought but I am still buying. I think Baker's going to be fine. You know, it's, it's week one in the NFL, like crazy stuff happens all the time. Like, I don't think the Titans are going to put up a 30 spot on everybody to play. Um, so I'm still buying. I'm a big Odell guy. Um, I think he's going to be in for a big year. Um, you know, you look at what they have, you know, running the ball, Nick Chubb. They got Cream Hunt that's going to come back in a few weeks. Or, I see they can't get back to like week 11, but down the stretch, he's going to be a guy they have there. Um, I think if they can just kind of hang around once they get once they get him back, they're going to be a, a pretty dynamic offense
0: there. Yep, absolutely. And then the the situation in Kansas City. Uh, well, actually, yeah, Kansas City. <laughs> Watkins, man. What, what was your thoughts on that explosion he had? And obviously, like you said, week one, you can't take everything <laughs> and say, you know, oh, this is what's going to happen. Like, let's cool cool the Jets there a little bit. You know, you got to give a few games until you start crowning certain teams. But what was your thoughts on Sammy Watkins' performance, man?
1: Yeah, so Sammy. So, in my uh, the one of the fantasy leagues, I commissioner and like each week I'll do like a little, like, short kind of article, like, recap just on the league. And I did one after the draft where I kind of like graded like the best and worst pick for each team. And of course, I had wrote about how big out of a pick Sammy Watkins was. And then he goes off for like 45 points. <laughs> um, so, I just, uh, he's not going to do. And like the talent has never been question with him, that guy just can never stay upright for sixteen games. Um So if he can stay healthy in that offense, man, he's going to be like a top.
0: At worse. absolutely. And then obviously playing with Mahomes, that only makes things even better for him, right? So, and then I guess when it, when it comes to running back committees, you know, and I know you st- you started the strategy of you know doing the almost like the zero zero RBs, you know, the strategy of going receivers. And the funny thing is every time I do that type of strategy, I always fail, so hopefully it changes around. I actually try to go running back heavy this year, and it's not working out. I mean, it's only week one, and the thing is with when it comes to fantasy football, I always start out slow, but somehow do better as the season go on, because I think one of the most critical things is when it comes to fantasy football is, I don't believe you win at the draft. I, you win at the free agency and the waiver wire ads that's going to be mm-hmm. really important to especially if you do acquisition budgets I mean I don't know if, if you do that I really suggest that you know people that do fantasy football do the acquisition budgets and you know what hundred dollar budget and you just put uh, money on players because I think players from the free agency bloom and there's going to be injuries that's going to happen in fantasy so um, that's that's my take on it you know what's your thoughts on you know people that bloom from the free agency and, and fantasy football
1: yeah, I mean, football more so than any sport, you have to be active on the waiver wire, like, for sure. Like, especially, like, don't go crazy necessarily after week one, but if there's, like, two weeks in a row where a guy's, like, doing something, like, at that point, then I'm like, mm, okay, there might be something here. Um I mean, yeah, you got to be active and you got to be kind of cutthroat with football. Like, <laughs> guy gets injured and you don't have a deep end, you got to get rid of him, man. It's tough. Um, it is. it is Fantasy football is a different monster, that's for sure. I'm definitely not near the expert that I am there. Like, you know, quote, experts. Right, same, same. Same here. same here. Right. Exactly. I, I really enjoy it. It's it's almost kind of fun because, I, yeah, it's, it, it it just seems like, yeah, you can literally do everything right, but it just breaks wrong that one week and you would have beat that same team. 99 times out of the last 100 but they can just break wrong that one week and i think that's part of what makes it so great because it's it is it it does not discriminate against anybody
0: <laughs> yeah and it's funny when you're like when you have like a family or close friend league in fantasy football and you have someone that beats you and they they talk to you and that's what i think that's another thing that's it's like a gift and a curse at the same time when it comes to fantasy football because basketball you get daily games and i think mm-hmm. that's more of a, a pleasure but when it comes to football the, the difficulty is like you lose that week. There's only what two to three days you get that week. Right. And most of them is on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So if you play a friend, <laughs> you're going to be stuck. And especially if they talk smack or trash to you, you got to hang that over your head the whole week and wait until that next week, until you play your next game. So that is a rough thing to do. So I think that's beautiful. So uh Jordan, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get off the podcast here, man? Uh,
1: man, not really. Um, like I said, uh, we'll have our podcast coming back soon. I hope to have you on there as soon as we bring that back. Um, anybody else out there who's wanting to talk hoops, hit me up. I'm approachable. Let's talk hoops. I'll hop on your podcast. You can come on mine. Uh, that's about it. I'm just excited for some basketball to get back. You know, we got football back on TV. That means basketball is a few weeks away. It's just oh, the best time of the year. I'm not a big baseball guy anymore. A few months of TV, it's just been hard for me to get into. So I'm just excited for the fall time.
0: Absolutely. So hopefully, I can finagle you just to do try fantasy baseball maybe again. But I understand it's it's too much, but.
1: I, um, I used to do fantasy fun.
0: baseball. I would do
1: it in a good league, but it's got to be, like, active owners that are, like, really into it. That would be my thing.
0: <laughs> really? Okay. Uh, I might have to take you up on it. We'll, we'll give it some time if we're not busy, but, I, you know, I'm sure we're going to come across a lot of things, you know, coming up with business. But, again, I appreciate you, Jordan, to be on this, you know, podcast. Like I said, it's humbling to have you on there. And definitely I'd love to, you know, jump on uh, hashtag whenever, you know, your podcast when you're, when you're able to bring I it up. Just it. let me know, man. So we'll you guys anytime. have – All right, so you guys have a good evening, morning, and afternoon, and take a ride.